Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Your Mess with Tracy D. Armstrong. We're here again with another, not just one, but two special guests. Yay. Yay, yes. <laughs> so we're going to have let them introduce themselves, tell them, tell you all a little bit about who they are. Hi, I'm Yolanda. Jeffrey. And we have been married for at least oh, should we have seen 34 years. <laughs> it is good. 34 years. Yes, she's the, this is Yolanda and Jeffrey Britton. Yes. That have been married for 34 years. Now. As of May, it'll be 34. In May? May. 34. This is what, 2024? Mm -hmm. 34 years? Mm -hmm. That's a long time. That's 34 years. Make girls still happy after 34 years. <laughs> So I've joined them here in their lovely home to interview them, to talk to them about what's their mess and what some of the messes or maybe one mess that they've gone through in their marriage that they can share and, and encourage those out there who may be experiencing or going through um, some of the same situations that they may have gone through in their marriage and in their relationship. So um tell us like you say y'all were married 34 years well it'll be 34 years in May yes what's one of the messes and when I say mess I'm saying like mental emotional social status of life what's a mess that you all have experienced like in your marriage I'll say one after when we took our vows we agreed for better for worse sickness and in health not knowing what the future was going to bring. But that was a time in our journey that my wife took sick. She came down with this thing I had never heard of before called Guillain-Barre. Mm -hmm. And it attacked her body that she had no ability to do anything, do anything control her movements, her limbs. It just started affecting every muscle in her body. Yeah. So... No, you know, something happened for a week, a couple of days, you're good. But this went on for months. So the things that she used to do as a wife, as a mother, as a business lady, now all of this stuff started to fall on me as the husband. And I still had to go to work, I still had to provide, still had to take care of her and look after her. And she was in the hospital for maybe three, four months in critical ICU. And uh, I never got weary. It's as if God gave me a grace to be able to do what I needed to do for the family and still show her that, hey, I haven't left. I haven't gotten weary. I haven't gotten tired. I'm still here for you. And through it all, I think we got even closer, we became stronger. And we have never looked back as a dull moment. That was an opportunity for us to decide on, are you gonna make it? Are you for real? Or are you just talking? You just was saying something to get close to somebody, dog. But once we took those vows, we meant them. So when that challenge came, it wasn't a struggle. Well, not for me, because I wasn't the one going through. She was the one who has to create in her mind, I got to get over this. I got to overcome. So I know it wasn't just her alone. She's always been a praying woman. 
And I know God carried her through and God allowed her to overcome that situation. And then I get the benefit because she always saw me there. She said, man, you never left me. You was always by my side. And I just was there doing what I knew to do as a husband, as a father, to continue to provide, to continue to support. And God blessed me in such a way that it was never a struggle. We even had friends who would come in and do what they need to do to assist. So if I needed a couple of hours to get some rest, they was there to watch the kids or do what they thought she needed to do. So it all worked out. Wow. Yeah. And you know, I've never heard him say that. I've never, I know I was there. I was a part of that. But I never, not that I took it for granted, because I asked him often, man, how did you maintain? Because mm -hmm. he said I was in the hospital. I was in ICU critical from February to May. Mm -hmm. And then I fell and I broke my ankle. And it was a non-union break, which means it was total. And they were like, oh, we can't take care of you anymore. You've got to go into a nursing home, a mm -hmm. facility. And my husband was like, nope, bring him home. So I came back home worse, and if not worse, the same as when I left. Mm -hmm. Unable to walk, didn't finish physical therapy, wasn't able to comb my hair, brush a lot of stuff I couldn't do. But this dude stepped up to the plate, him and I contribute to my three nieces. They mm -hmm. were there. And me and my sons talk about it often because they're like, mom, don't ever leave us and don't tell us you're leaving. Because that was, they were small then. And I didn't know how it affected them as well to come home from school and I'd be gone all that time. Mm -hmm. I hadn't ever not been home when they came home from school. And so, wow, that just affected my family. That's what I was just about to say because I was going to say, like, y'all just unpacked like a lot right there. Mm -hmm. So, I want to go yeah, back. You sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 well. So, and with that, I know you said, like, you know, you, you had God and God made you stronger and things like that, but how did that affect you mentally? I'm going to do both mm -hmm. because it's a different perspective because you just gave your perspective of the situation. And then you say you never really heard his perspective in that way. So mentally, when she did get sick mm -hmm. and when she was in the hospital, mentally, how did that affect you? I never gave it much thought. Just I did. just did what I had to do. And just everything just seemed to go smoothly. Mm -hmm. And because I always trusted God and it just happened. It was just God just carried us through. That's why I say the grace. Because it was it was never a chore. It was never too much. It was never overwhelming. Now that I think about it after it's over, I see why it could have been. Mm -hmm. But because God carried me through, it was an easy journey. Mm -hmm. If I had to be at work, I was at work. I got off work. I went to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then if I had to leave the hospital, to come home, watch the daycare, look after the kids, I did that. So, and I just had the energy and the faith, and it was just a smooth journey. Hmm. That is so interesting to hear. And then like, 
mentally with you when you just said you heard the kids say you left and you were gone and they're like never leave and tell us that you're you know they did they were young but how old were they because you said they were young because they were still nine twelve and you were in the hospital for like nine or ten and my oldest was twelve maybe thirteen I think twelve something so how did that affect you mentally hearing them say that I did not know that that happening to me was such a ripple effect. Mm. It didn't just affect me. So let me tell you the very the very first thing that I thought when I realized when I woke up, I woke up and realized I could not move. My first thoughts was, "Oh my God, how am I tell Jeff?" So he happened to show back up in the room and he was like, hey, you ain't got up. They kept kids coming in. I said, oh, throw me something. I'm going to, you know, can you can you receive them? But just throw me something. And he just got something out of the closet and laid it on the bed, on the foot of the bed. And I was like, I can't even reach that. So when he came back, he was like, you're not dressed yet? You're not getting up? I said, I don't even know how to tell you this. He was like, what? What's going on? I can't reach it. I can't, I can't physically, I can't get that. So he literally helped me get dressed and gave me some crutches <laughs> to help me get myself into the living room so that I could sit and look good when my parents came in. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, I've always wanted to be here when my parents came in. I was not in any pain. I just couldn't move. And so, like he said, a couple of my parents would come and help out. Um, and when you say parents, let's just make sure the audience knows. Daycare. I yeah, have daycare. A, I have an in-home daycare. In-home daycare. Service. Yes. Okay. And so. Not parents, but like yeah. the parents of uh, the daycare children. Correct. Okay. So a couple of them took vacations. A matter of fact, one was on vacation when this occurred. And she came over to watch the kids while he took me to, sure, the, to the doctor. And it just went downhill from that. Going to the doctor, I was still able to like move. And while being at the doctor, I just lost all the ability to move at the doctor's office. And so then they put me in a chair and kind of rolled me around. And still never, never of anything about me it was like oh my god how is Jeff gonna handle this you know what and it it just I marvel at the fact that <laughs> let me share a story with you although I could not do it although I could not comb my hair or although I could not brush my own teeth my mind thought I could Although I couldn't get up and walk across the room, my mind said I could. And right. so there would be times I would say, hey, Jeff, I want to go do such and such. And he would be like, mm, Londa, I don't think I don't think you can. But not one time did he ever say, no, you can't. No. OK, we'll, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so he got very, very creative. We had ramps all over the sure. house. So that if I wanted to roll into the room, I could roll into any room in my house. Um, when friends came over, 
he would roll me out and we would visit or whatever. And then and again, I'd always have to go back because remind you, the hospital put me out because I was a liability. I couldn't, couldn't, I was out of ICU into therapy and I couldn't do therapy anymore. So they sent me home. Well, they wanted to send me to a facility. And then my husband said, no, you're coming home. So when you came home, you came home and you were in a wheelchair? Yes. Okay. So you're in a wheelchair now and you're not in the hospital, but now you're saying that everything was still like for you mentally, you were, you were good. Mm -hmm. Like the grace of God was helping you carry mm -hmm. you through this. And it didn't affect you emotionally, really? No, it made me more creative. Hmm. Because now I had to figure out how are we going to get her in the tub? How are we going to get her in the shower? <laughs> okay. And, and I want to help not equipped for handicap. No, right, because you never, I'm just listening, like, you would never think that you'd have to try to figure out how to get into a shower. And mind you, mind you, my mind said I could do this. This was one of the things I said, I can do this. And he would be like, okay, we'll figure it out. And so couple of days, maybe a week, he'd figure it out. And so it would be like, okay, I want to just stand up. And he's like, um, okay. And he would put me up against the wall and stand up against me and hold me so I could feel weight in my legs or through my feet. Mm -hmm. I wasn't standing on my own, but in my mind I was. In my mind, I could do this. Mm -hmm. this is, and he would be like, I don't know, Londa. And so, yeah. Your mind plays tricks on you. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one time, this was as it had progressed. This was probably a year or two up the road, but I was still unable to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine called and said, hey, let's go bike riding. He said, yeah, I got a bike. <laughs> I walked out. I said, okay, Jeff, I'm going to go ride a bike. And he said, oh, okay, Londa. And I went on out the garage and got the bike. And he came out. He said, hey, uh, you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Mind you, my mind said I could. I had no knowledge of even how to get on the bike. And I kept thinking, why? What is wrong? <laughs> why can't? He was like, Londa, I don't think you can do that. But let's try it. So he did me like a little kid, got on the side of the bike, let <laughs> me ride. And guess what? For Christmas, I got a big tricycle. <laughs> right? Mm. He bought me a tricycle. It was like, you want to ride? Okay, let's figure this out. So was this after you were like learning, you had learned how to like move again or? Yes. Okay. So That's why I say did. roll forward a few mm -hmm. years. Some years, yeah. okay. okay. Roll forward some years. Okay, and this is just still stuff that I thought I could do. Mm -hmm. That my mind said I could do it, mm -hmm. and if I didn't have somebody there to give me a different objective, yeah, I could have been in a lot of trouble because yeah. your mindset. But that's but that's kind of a good thing because your mindset mm -hmm. is what kind of pushed you to keep going and keep yeah. trying stuff. Because if you would have fallen into the oh I can't do this and I can't do that. You might have stayed in that same position. Yeah. It, it was just now that I sit back and 
at that point, we didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Had no idea, hadn't even heard of it. And to know where I was, my muscle mass was under a negative. Mm -hmm. I was under a negative. Um, and for him to, if I wanted to be on one sofa one minute, and I wanted to be in the chassis lounger the next minute, or maybe five minutes, because in my head, I couldn't keep time. Ooh, I didn't keep time. I'd say, oh, can you sit me right here? He'd pick me up, put me right there. And he'd walk out and come back. It might seem like an hour to me. Ooh, it'd been 10 minutes. Okay, now I want to go sit over there. And it was just what my mind was saying. Oh, you can get up and walk over there. And I'll never forget, one, <laughs> one of my nieces was here. And I said, hey. If I slide down off of the sofa, I want to see if I can crawl over there. And she was like, um, before we do that, let's figure out how we're going to get you up off the floor. <laughs> if you crawl over here, how are we going to get you physically up mm -hmm. off the floor? Said, oh, I never thought about that. I just planned on sliding over there. And that was just what my mind was would tell me I could do. Mm -hmm. And then I would have other people and sometimes Jeff would interject and say, oh, let's rethink this. Mm -hmm. You know, give me, um... so when I came home, I came home to a hospital bed, not my own room. I had to be put in another one. Okay. And I'll never forget. I want my feet to touch some water. He's like, your feet to touch some water? I said, yeah, I need I want to feel some water on my feet. So he went and bought a little foot tub thing and put some water and stood me up in the tub. Well, stood in the foot tub with me so that my feet could feel some water. That's amazing. Like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. I'm just wondering. This is my, and this is this is just an extra question. Amazing, because I had forgot a lot of it. <laughs> How did you do it? Like, how did you, okay. Because I know that in relationships when people, not necessarily y'all too, but like when people uh, get sick or when people are needy or people need, or whoever in the relationship is asking for a lot or it requires a lot. Some people in the relationship don't want to give or do all of that. How did you do it? And I know, like, like seriously, I know you're saying God, and I know God can do it. However, no shade against God. But, like, how did you wrap your mind around, she just said, she would call you maybe five minutes or mm -hmm. ten minutes later and say, hey, I want to move from this side of the couch to the other side. Mm -hmm. And you would do it. Oh, I want to touch the water. Oh, you would do it. Oh, I want to da 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 and How? I want to take a shower. I want to get in the tub. And he figure it out. And, Amazing. And I don't want to say why, because I'm like, okay, but how did you mentally and emotionally not go crazy and be like, this is ridiculous? Yeah. Be like, girl, sit out where I put you and be done. <laughs> because I know a lot of people would do that. I would be like, you know what? This is too much. You know, I can't handle this. Like, how did you do it? I love that girl. Okay. That was number one. Uh -huh. Yeah, she was a friend. Yeah. So she's always been my friend since I met her. 
So it's just a combination of the two. I'm helping my friend, then I'm helping my wife. So we, if I say it's never a hardship. Now, let me also say he worked midnight to eight in the morning. Mm. No, 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 at that, that time. At that time, he worked Four. for a clock to midnight. to midnight. Okay. So a lot of the time, he wasn't home once the kids, the boys came home from mm. school and the daycare parents left. It was just me and the two boys. Mm -hmm. And it never failed. If I needed something, he was in the area. Mm -hmm. um, or the boys would try to help. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a, a family ordeal. Um, my daughter had moved by then, and it was just the two young yes. boys. Um, and I had a friend that would come over and help me every night, put me, get me, make sure that I was already in the bed because he would come and make sure that I was okay for the night. And then he would leave, which meant I was in the bed before 4.30, 5 o'clock. Mm. And there were times when it would be like, man, I'm not ready to go to bed. He said, okay, well, I'll try to get back over here. And mm -hmm. if he couldn't, because he got stuck on a job, mm -hmm. I'd be up to one o'clock, sitting in a wheelchair waiting. Hmm. And then he taught me how to roll the wheelchair up and just fall forward. <laughs> Into the bed. Into the bed. Because mm -hmm. I, I need you to understand, when I came back home, I still did not have movement. Right? Yeah, I was still paralyzed from the neck down. And I say maybe that's not something we said in the beginning, but I had Guillaume Barre mm -hmm. and everything that it touched, it put it to sleep. Mm -hmm. So everything, my hands, my feet. Um, I remember the doctor telling me, why are you asking her questions? If you guys just wait, her tongue is going to stop working and then we'll do what we want to do. I remember that. And I remember thinking, I need to tell my husband not to let them do anything they want to do. Ooh. And that was when you were in the hospital. That was when I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. That was rough. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for you, that was rough being in the hospital. For you, was that rough when she was in the hospital? I'm glad to do it. To do my part. To be there for her. I can't take credit for it. Uh -huh. Even though I went through it, uh -huh. I was able to do whatever I did. So I guess when God got his hands on you, things just don't seem as difficult as they okay. could be. I think he gave us a grace for it. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's a grace. That's the only answer I could come up with because if I try to look back and try to figure out, man, how you was able to do that, get off work at midnight. Go to the hospital, be yeah. with her till six o'clock in the morning, come home, get the daycare of the kids. Yeah. Not a day start with them. It's off to school. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm listening and I'm like, yeah. I'm that I'm like, how? Like, it's kinda like and I know like you say you loved her, you love her, and she was your friend first. Right. And she's your friend. So it was like you're helping a friend. Like, how did you and I'm just thinking. 
Like, how did you not give up? And I'm, I'm asking this because I'm sure if there's someone out there, even if it's not a sickness, it could be just going through some type of situation with their significant other. How do they not give up on their relationship? How do they not give up on the person? You got the first grade. Mm -hmm. Prayer would kept us. Yeah, I remember we would pray at the hospital. Okay. Yeah, prayer, prayer get to do anything. Even when you don't know how to do stuff. You talk to God about it, maybe or two, maybe a week, you get an answer. Okay, mm -hmm. if you do it like this, even if it's unconventional, it'll still work. Yeah. Because that's the revelation you got to do it this way. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So when I wanted to take a bath, mm -hmm. he said, let me figure it out. So he literally took the it's a it's a, 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 a little chest that's at the bottom of your bed. Um, not an armoire. Yeah, not an armoire, but okay. whatever that is. Uh huh. He took that and he put it because my bath, our, our house was not handicapped accessible, mm -hmm. so my wheelchair could only go so far. Mm, okay. Um. So he took the. <laughs> He took the little, whatever the chest was, the chest, and bumped it up against the bathtub mm -hmm. and put a um, towel or sheet or something over it. And then he took me and bumped my chair up against the chest. So one part of the chest was on the tub. My chair was on the other part. Mm -hmm. He would lift me up and sit me on the chest and then go get in the tub and pull the sheet and as he pulled <laughs> me, <laughs> he pulled me. Uh, I'm visualizing it. I'm visualizing it. And you sliding. And I'm sliding. And when I got to the tub, he would just pick me up and put me in the tub. Creative. Creativity. Yeah. And then when I got ready to get out, he would put the sheet and it would just be the reversal. Mm -hmm. And then he would scoop me up on the clean and pull it and pull it until I Got back, back to the chair. Mm. Mm -hmm. Man, how do y'all think y'all got that that grace to be able to handle the situation? And I know, like you said, mm -hmm. you you pray. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what the answer would be to that question. Mm. It came and it happened, and we were just able to do it. And so, because usually I would ask the status of life, like, yeah, obviously, y'all status of life <laughs> complete, but it completely changed because of the whole dynamic of what you were doing before. It changed to a whole different being in the wheelchair, not being able to do these things, but then you still had the mindset of, hey, she asked for it, I'm trying to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Like, how did, for those listeners out there, for those, the audience, mm -hmm. what would you say to them? to encourage them if they're going through a situation to where they might be wanting to give up on their significant other for whatever they might be going through. I say don't give up. You know, God God always got a way out. You know, flesh would want you to, or even the enemy or the devil would want you to throw away what you got. Because a marriage to me is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. When you choose, like, this is the person I want to be with. This is the one you like, God, I thank you for bringing this person into my life. And so don't let 
side issues distract you from your main goal of being together, being able to communicate with each other. And we always had a good communication. We could talk about anything. Even while we were still friends, some of the stuff she would tell me about herself, I was like, wow, this chick really liked me. <laughs> <laughs> because she was open she, enough to communicate yeah, that with you. She was me in on what I thought was personal information. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow. So even before he even realized she was going to be my wife, I knew I had a... But mind you, my mindset wasn't... I had listened to the hospital people talk about how difficult it was going to be. And my husband was the one that made the decision to bring me home. Mm-hmm. And when I came home, I was supposed to come home with help. Mm-hmm. They were they were gonna send help. Mm-hmm. And when they got here and evaluated me, they was like, "Oh, you're too much of a risk. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything for you." I wanted to go to another. Home. I was like, "Jeff, put me in a facility. Mm-hmm. There's nobody here to help you." Mm-hmm. And my boy stepped up and said, "We'll help." I'm like, "How you gonna help me?" You can't do anything. You can't lift me. You can't do. But then my nieces stepped up and they helped. And I had friends who stepped up and they helped. Um, But my mindset wasn't to be here and to be an inconvenience Mm. to the family. Yeah, it was like. Did you feel like you were an inconvenience? A lot of times. Okay. Because the boys all of a sudden their life had to stop mm-hmm. because by the time they got home from school, mm-hmm. he's getting ready for the work. Mm-hmm. So then that put them on duty. Mm-hmm. And there would be times when they would go to their room and do something and totally forget, mm-hmm. oh, we supposed to be watching mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it never failed, Jeff would just Show up. <laughs> and it would be like, man, I need to get out of this chair. Now, mind you, I'm in a wheelchair. I need to get out of this chair. He's like, okay, I'm only going to be here 10 minutes, but I'll put you right here and put you back in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or he picked me up and sit me in a chassis mm-hmm. launcher and put pillows all around me because, again, my muscles didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I would just fall over and live and flop. Right. And he would prop me up, pad me around, pad things around me so I could sit up. And, yeah. and most definitely, like that shows your social because you had people helping, you had friends stepping up, you had family stepping up. Socially, it was hard because we couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't take me to a restaurant and then prop me up. Mm-hmm. Understand, mm-hmm. and um, not only did I lose the ability to walk or to use my hands or whatever, I lost the ability to know some things. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn a lot of stuff all over again. One of the strangest things was, was I had no idea what a stroll was. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. idea, mm-hmm. and that was something mm-hmm. they had to teach me. <laughs> a remote control to a TV was mind-boggling oh my god you know the thing that makes that thing up there 
turn and they would start trying to figure out what it was. Oh, I wanted mm -hmm. your brain and your memory. I was had no knowledge of what the color red was. No knowledge. Well, that was a album. <laughs> red flag all together. Even when she was trying to learn how to walk again, if the uh, colors in the floor would change. She wouldn't go past that line. Because hmm. she felt like, I don't know if she's going to fall it's into it. I'm going to fall into it. That is a hole. I don't care what you say. <laughs> the, the street, the light, anything changed. The color changed. Mm. That was, that was, I stopped. It's like, no, come on, we aren't. No. Because mm. your mind is telling you one thing. Hmm. We, were at, um, we were at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. When I realized I did not know what the color red was, because mm. I ordered it was either the ketchup or a Shirley Temple, and the straw was red, and I was like terrified, like so scared to move. Like, what is that? Uh huh. He's like, yeah. <laughs> that's what that is, <laughs> and, and that will happen to get nervous about hand to do that. He would like that fear would rise up in her body. Mind the calm down. It was right. so much. <laughs> so much. And as she was talking, I was remembering her recovery. As she starts to get better, she had to learn how to stand back up, how to get up. Like sometimes she would sit on the floor and watch the kids. Instead of her always teaching the kids, the kids started teaching her. She used to have little babies, and she used to see how the babies would get up and stand to their feet. And I started mimicking. And then she's like, oh, is that something they do that? Um, so it started to work. She started practicing during what she thought they were doing, mm -hmm. how they were able to stand up. Even if they couldn't fully take a lot of steps, if they just wanted to get up off the floor and stand, what steps they would take to stand, mm -hmm. then that would trigger something in her brain. Okay, I think I can do that. Okay. Mind you, I always thought I could do a lot of stuff. <laughs> 34 years. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask, I want to go back. How many years had y'all been married when you got to? Ooh, I don't know. Four or five. Mm -hmm. No, 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 because the boys were like nine, so maybe about 13. Mm -mm. Not that many? Um, I'm going to say about seven years. Mm -mm. Seven years was when Isaac was born and Isaac was nine. Oh, y'all have been married 16, about 16 years. Y'all got married in 90? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we got married in 90 and he was born in 97 mm -hmm. and he was nine, mm -hmm. so then that's. 2005, six, something like that. Okay. Well, about six, 15, 14, 15 years. So y'all have been married a good amount of time. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, it was a fresh marriage. And, and the reason why I was asking, but <laughs> a lot of people, you know, they give up so quickly. Mm -hmm. Like some people don't make it past five, six, seven, ten. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
that happened 14 years down the road. But prior to that, I got my hand crushed in the printing press. Okay. Before we got married. Yeah. We were engaged. Okay. We were engaged. Got engaged for Christmas and had my hand crushed in a printing press the first work day of the year. Second So that was a 89. And maybe, yeah, it was like the second or the third, because you know, you're off for New Year's and then I had to go back. So either the second or the third. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, got my hand pushed in pretty first. Okay. <laughs> that was, but mind you, I walked around, it was this my left hand. Mm -hmm. Walked around with my left hand attached to me okay. because it shriveled. It was a, one of those non-usable hands. Okay. And so I depended on him then for a lot. Before you even got married. Right. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm just like, okay, like, this is awesome. This is really good. This is the how. I'm just, and I know, and, and I'm y'all looking like, what do you mean how? Like, because we just did it. Because I know that people these days, and I don't know if it's just, just, I know everybody doesn't just give up that easily, but I know some people just give up that easily, right, quickly, when things get tough, when challenges come. Well, I knew she was going to be my wife. I did. <laughs> <laughs> because... We was attending the same church. Uh -huh. And uh, when I first saw her, because I had prayed for a certain kind of woman, and I, I used to live in Louisiana before I came to Texas. And uh, once I saw her, I'm like, man, that's the one. She met everything I desired except she wasn't mild speaking. She had she would just say whatever was on her mind, whether I liked it or not. She was she was straightforward, so to say. Uh, she had her own mindset. She believed she she was confident in herself. Uh, she was a lot more outspoken. I was more of a quiet guy, mm -hmm. and she was a little rowdish. I thought, mm -hmm. but I knew that was going to be the one. And then one day we was. At church, we was having a, a discussion in our. We're in a Bible study. Bible study. It's as if I could see a light in her soul. I had never seen that with anybody else, but with her, I could see into her spirit. And then I heard she'd be a good wife. Mm -hmm. Then from that day forward, I just knew she was going to be my wife. Even she'd say, I don't like you. Mm -hmm. Because as friends, you know, friends don't always get along. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we would have some discussions. <laughs> and it would be like, dude, oh, I, not that I always, that I was right, but sometimes our thoughts clashed. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, oh, let me just leave you alone because you are not where I need you to be. Mm -hmm. And so we may not talk for a day or two. Mm -hmm. but then we always... Okay, pause right there. How did you 
work through the not agreeing. Let me not say not agreeing. You said your thoughts would clash sometimes. Mm-hmm. How did y'all work through that? Because I know oh. some people have relationships and their thoughts don't line up with each other. They go separate ways sometimes. It didn't matter what she said. Because once I heard that in my spirit, I was just determined. You were going to be the one. So if it wasn't today, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Steve Rucker, you say we're gonna win you down. <laughs> but once y'all got in the relationship and in the marriage, like you're saying, like she's more outspoken, bold, and you're more mild mannered, and y'all jailed. jailed. But not, like, how do you not? She she helped make me stronger because I was ain't say weak, but I just had some. Areas in my life where I needed to step up, be mm-hmm. stronger than what I was, okay, be more outspoken. Because mm-hmm. uh, if we had some type of argument or disagreement, I would always lose. Because <laughs> I wasn't in a kind of say confrontational, but my discussion was more low key. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm in your face. This is how it is. And I'm like, oh, God, what am I doing this morning? <laughs> so I had to grow. She had built me up, I would say. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say opposite of track. Yeah, so she helped me to be stronger. And now we have a good spot mm-hmm. where we support one another. Mm-hmm. We feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we decide to do things, we both decide to do things the same way. Mm-hmm. And now that even when I that we have kids that are growing up, you're grown. Yeah, growing up. And to go back and to try to be an influence in their life and teach them or to show them, man, you still gonna have to depend on God. Even though things ain't going right for you, things ain't going the way you want them to go, God is still God. Mm-hmm. You still got to trust him. He gonna bring it through you. I don't know what your purpose is or what he got planned for you, but all of the struggles that you may be going through, don't give up trusting. Don't stop believing. Oh man, God ain't listening. God ain't hearing me. God don't love me. When you look at what your parents got or what they how they have developed, and you want to be on that level, but for some reason. Things ain't going right. Things ain't materializing like you thought they would or should. Don't stop praying. Don't stop doing what you know to do. (laughs) An exciting episode. And hopefully someone out there gotten something from this amazing couple and how they overcame this, um, this mess of theirs to make it into a message that no matter what you're going through, especially when you take those vows, it does say sickness and health. And so every day is not going to always be sunshine. And you have to be able to, you know, learn to pray and let God help you get through it. And as we close, any final words for the listeners? Trust God. Always put him in the center of whatever your relationship is. Even with you and a spouse, ain't totally in agreement yet. Don't throw in the towel. Sit back. Talk to God and God will work on that other person's heart. (laughs) 
And before you know it, you'll be like, okay, we can do this. He'll give you strength. Also, we had we had a motto prior mm -hmm. to getting married. Um, and whenever we get into a, I say back into a wall, like don't know which way to go or or it's a challenge that we feel that's a little bit more than what we can handle. Mm -hmm. Our motto gives us a little oomph. Yes. And the motto is one for the other. Both for God. One for the other. One for the other. One for the other. And both for God. And both for God. Oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna write that down. One <laughs> for the one for the other and both for God. And we're gonna close This is Tracy D. Armstrong with What's Your Mess? Mm -hmm. And I like to close with this. If you wanna stay sad. Live in the past. If you want to be anxious and worried, keep thinking about your future. But if you want to be happy, think about your present and be grateful for the things Amen. that you have. Have a good one, y'all. Bye-bye.